Hey, Chosen Royalty family. I'm so glad that you came back in here with me today. Um, Welcome. Welcome. I love you guys, and I hope you love me back. Thank you for joining. Okay, so today, um, my, my topic today is you got to pay the cost to be the boss. You have to pay the cost to be the boss. And there's actually two different parables and two different things in the Bible that tells us a story about paying the cost to be the boss, right? And when you hear that, you remember when you were younger, there was a song about paying the pay the cost to be the boss. And your, you know, your elders used to say it all the time. You got to pay the cost to be the boss, right? Um, even Selena Johnson said that in one of her songs. You know, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. Hmm. Now, the thing is, this relates to following Jesus. Now, being a disciple, you know, you have that great power. You're a boss in Jesus' eyes. So, you're learning. You're a student. And so, he loves that, right? Because what you're getting from him, you can teach someone else and continue to spread the word in the kingdom. And you will be so great and ever so mighty in his eyes. Um, But there's a cost to it. Yes, there's a cost to becoming a disciple for Jesus, a student, a student who truly gives their life and loves God just as much as Jesus does. And, you know, you have to know when Jesus' walk was um, was uh, ever so heavy with all of his uh, 12, then you know that he was so close and, and, and interactive with the 12. So my thing is, they, the disciples, they paid a great cost in order to follow Jesus Christ. In order to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, you should know, okay, that yes, I have to give up some things. Yes, I cannot be the same old me. Okay, this goes into saying, God wants you to forget your past life and come join him in a new life with new eyes, with spiritual ears. So you can walk with him, pick up your own cross and walk. And that's what our disciples did, right? That's what they did. They picked up their cross and they kept going, but they kept on spreading the word and spreading the truth no matter what. They didn't love their life that much in order for them to try to save it because they live for Jesus Christ. And that's why we as people have to know that we're living for Jesus Christ. And no matter what, he has our life in his hands. So no matter whatever happens to you, no matter what, 
Okay, I hope this gives you comfort. No matter what happens to you, God has got you all in his hands. He's going to take care of you through it all, through the trauma, through the struggle, through tribulations, whatever it is, he's got you. Okay, you have to pay the cost to be his follower, his his student, so he can teach you the word of God. And you will be saved knowing that he will lift you up with the righteous. And that should feel better than getting anything earthly down here. It should be so fulfilling because nothing here can fulfill you as much as knowing what you have in the eternal waiting for you. So you should not love your life that much. You should love what God has given you to work with in order to fulfill your purpose. And when it is filled, whenever it may be, don't be scared to know that when it's your time to be joined with God for your eternal. Because when you die, you want to have an eternal life. You want to live for that life. And loving Jesus Christ and giving your body and yourself to him means you're living for your eternal life life. You are working, carrying your own cross to live for your eternal. And today, I think maybe we need to go somewhere to get a little bit more confirmation on what God wants us to and how he wants us to be, right? How he wants us to be when we are disciples. So I am still actually in Luke, which is such an interesting interesting book of the bible and i think that when you're in there you are compelled to do exactly what god wants and what jesus wants uh wants us as followers to do for him and how we need to be for him so it kind of breaks the things down so in luke Chapter 14, verse 26. And I hope you got that. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Um, you can read it in whatever translation that you need for it to be more comfortable for you to understand. I usually read from the New Living Trans uh, Translation here. I do have King James and the easy to read available because I know some of our teens and some of our children are following along. Some of our college students, um, whoever have has time to have an open ear right now uh, with your headphones or whatever listen so you can understand and get this so your life can be impacted in a better way and I really want you guys to listen and learn more so we can start living a better way of life and not living the life that was handed handed by the enemy right We're in sin already. We were born of sin. So let's create the life God wants so his kingdom comes. So Luke 14 says this in verse 26. If you want to be my disciple, this is what Jesus is speaking. If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, 
hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And when God is speaking on this, God knows that hate is such a strong word. And in the Bible, they speak that. But meaning, I'm going to flip it so you understand better. Um, Meaning, don't cause strife against these people. He's saying not to love yourself that much and everyone else that much to where you can't give your number one first off your body your soul your mind your might all to him first jesus christ he gets that and then you give your love to your family so in comparison it's meaning that before them or him it's like almost you you should hate them And you're not going to hate them by, oh, I can't stand you type of hate. Meaning, you will put them second after our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He comes first. And they need to be second. That is what the meaning of hate means. Not to go and actually hate your father and mother and wife and children just so you can love Jesus Christ. It's meaning you put Jesus first and you make them your second love. You make them second because we want to love Jesus. We go to the Father through Jesus Christ. So put him first and he's going to demand that. He wants that if you're going to love him so he can give you He can give you your father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and your own life because for God's sakes, you know, that's who is giving us and them their life anyway. You know, God gives them their life. So if you don't love Jesus, how can you love them? So you have to put him first so he can give you the company of your family to love right so then he goes in 27 to say and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me you cannot be my disciple you have to you have to carry you have to pick up your own problems you have to pick up your own way and you have to follow him because you can't pick up anyone else's way i know mommy's daddies you want to follow and pick up your own your child's cross right? Your teen, your college student, you want to pick up all their, their cross and you want to carry theirs and yours. And you want to carry your mother's, your grandparents. You want to carry all their crosses on your back and see if you can handle them all. You can't. That's why we have Jesus. He carries those, right? For us, we give it to him. But when we give it to him, we, we pick our individual cross and we work with that. And the crosses that are on our children's back, we hand that over to God so he can take care of it, right? Now, for babies, understand, they can't carry their own cross yet. They may have their little troubles, their little problems, but it's not enough that you can't handle. It's not even... It's not even a trial yet, no tribulations, you know, crying over spilled milk or cereal on the floor or they threw their carrot on the ground. It's probably their little, uh, their problem. That's, that's them picking up, you want them to pick up their own cross? You can teach them early 
start doing your own pick up your that's your problem right that's your mess you can clean up your own mess and that from that day on that's disciplining your children the the right way to teach them to pick up their own problems and carry them so it starts as an adolescence and then it moves on into our teen and our adult life where we pick up our own cross and follow Jesus. So then he makes us a student and he teaches us the right way of life. And then as we pick up our own cross and we follow him, we learn more and more and more about life. And we learn how to uh, react to different situations. We learn how to um, not overreact in different uh, situations. And it gets easier and easier when problems come our way because God had those same problems. But when he had problems, he knew how to approach them. He knew how to handle them. And his ultimate, his ultimate um, problem or trial was his resurrection. And he had to carry his own cross. Do you know how long he carried his cross? The heavy cross that they placed on his back after he was beaten and torn and tormented and spit on. You know that he still had to carry his cross. And after he carried it, he knew he was getting on that cross. And it was gonna, and he had to, he had to die for us just so he can have the eternal for us. He can he can come save us. We can be eternally living with the same Jesus Christ who lives today, who came back and presented himself and said, I am still living. I am a living being. I am. I am. Not I was, I am. Okay, so 28 goes on to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for just paying the price for me. Thank you. In Jesus' name. 28 says, but don't begin until you count the cost. Now, don't begin to say, I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow. I'm going to be a disciple. And you haven't counted the cost of what you have to give up before you before you are following him. You know that things are not going to be the same. You know that people are not going to see you the same. And that you will be persecuted the same as Jesus was. So you need to count the cost before you make your decision. And Jesus hopes you make the right decision because we all have free will, right? He's not going to tug and push and come, come on, come on and jump on your back. And he's going to give you a free will to come to him, right? And it should be easy if you want your burdens laid down for you. And it also says, for who would begin a construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Why would you do that? Who is going to start construction on a building and not see if you have enough money? 
I wouldn't go to Home Depot and go buy three planks of wood when I know I want to lay a wood floor in my home, which has my living room itself has about, let's say, 800 or 900 square feet just in the living room, right? And I want to lay wood I got to purchase the materials. I got to have all the things. And I go to Home Depot and buy three planks of wood with the little money I have in my pocket. I have about $40 or $50 in my pocket. And I get the wood and a couple things to go with it, you know. And I go home and feel like, okay, let me see if I can make this work for half of my floor. Why would I miscalculate everything and not have myself together knowing that I'm going to have to get this together and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to plan this, right? And who better to plan with than Jesus Christ? You give everything to him so he can plan away so you can have a good walk with him. So you're going to go down in prayer. You're going to stay in prayer And you're going to consult with him with every move so that way you can build and not worry about how it will be finished. You have to counsel with the Lord so he can give you the things you need. Because that same day, I might, might have bought three planks, but if I would have consulted with Jesus Christ and I said I am your disciple I am following you Lord I don't know how it's going to get done but I'm giving it to you I'm giving everything to you so you can handle this thing for me and that day I might get a deposit in my bank account it may have been some loose change loose money that they missed out at work It could have been a check that deposited out of nowhere. You didn't know that the government may be giving you. It may be something that you had some back taxes or something. Or maybe someone owed you something and cashed at you a little extra money and you don't know where it came from. $500 in your cash out. Wouldn't that be nice? God sent you a blessing because you referred to him, you gave it to him, you consulted in him, and here you are, you have enough money to walk in Home Depot and get enough wood planks to complete your floor. Then you consult about who do you need to help you out with it, right? Because if you're going to do it yourself, we'll be fine. Because I know that a lot of you who have... So in order to come to to get through the scripture, guys, what I the number 29 really goes in. I got the hiccups all of a sudden. So pardon me. And I'm still posting this. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. 30 says they would say. There's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it because people outside are going to look in, right? Right? Excuse me. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Now, he gives another analogy, Jesus says, or what king would go 
to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. Wow. Now, even though you know that you may have an army less than what's coming to you, tell me who would sit down with someone not knowing what what you're going to do. You don't know. So what do you have to do? You have to go to Jesus and you have to make a game plan so God can work it out for you. God's worked it out with more soldiers and less less in an army than you would ever imagine and still won a battle. But you don't go into a battle. You don't go into a battle not knowing how you're going to defeat um soldiers that are coming for you that have way more than what your army has okay and 32 says and if he can he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away now oh the devil is working with me the devil is really working on me okay god be with me, please, Father God. Drive out this devil. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Oh, Satan trying to get me. <sighs> he can't have me. He can't have it. Okay. I'm going to keep going, guys. Keep going. Now, God says, I will send peace. I can send someone to send peace so they don't come at all. Right? We can discuss terms of peace while they're still gone, but you got to have a game plan. You got to have that game plan. You got to know what you're doing before you get into it. You want to follow Jesus and be a disciple. You got to know that, hey, you can't love your life like that. You cannot love your life more than you love Jesus, right? 33, he goes on and confirms it right here. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own and what's important to know is that he is saying you cannot become my disciple meaning that you can still be a disciple but you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own so until you do that then you can take up your cross and follow me when you have that understanding I'm going to finish off with 34 and 35. And I always say this at the end of my podcast or even sometime during it or before. I always tell you what was marked in Matthew 5. And it says, be the salt and light of the earth. And I tell you guys this out of my own mouth. I say season well because it makes sense when you will know you are the salt of the earth. God says in uh, 34 verse 34 Jesus is saying to us salt is good for seasoning but if it loses its flavor how do you make it salty again flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile it's thrown away anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand 
So to get a revelation out of what he is saying to us right now, salt is good for seasoning. While you're being the salt of the earth, you're good to spread the word of, of God. You're here to spread the word for Jesus Christ. Now it says, but if you lose its flavor, how do it make how do you make it salty again? You cannot make salt salty again after it loses its flavor. So if you go and you mess up and you and you're and you switch over, you go back like like they did in Sodom and Gomorrah. You turn around like Lot's wife. You go back to the way of living after you become a disciple. And then you just completely forget all of your teaching. You completely go against the word of Christ and you do something else. How can you be salty again? How can you season the earth? How can you do what you're supposed to do for God? You can't. You can't do what you want to do because it says you won't be good for the soil or the manure, which is for the unrighteous and for the righteous, because both parties are going to look at you like, where is he getting his teaching from and why should we listen to him when he's doing, he's doing wrong over here? And he's leading this way of life. And then he claims to leave, uh, lead a life in God. He claims to be uh, God, Jesus' disciple. And he walks with him. But I just saw him at a party turning up, um, getting, getting loaded, uh, you know, committing adultery behind his wife's back or behind others. And... I'm going to follow them? No. You need to season well. You need to forget your own life and remember that you need to remember that you are the salt of the earth. And God says, do not lose your salt. You need to season well. Salt is good for seasoning. Salt is good for seasoning. Anyone with ears to hear this should listen and understand don't forget the word of christ he knows that he knows what good for us he knows that salt is good for seasoning he knows you are the salt of the earth and you're good for seasoning well so go season well and speak the word open your mouth and become a righteous disciple and live holy and become holy like he is so you can always walk in the will of God. Okay. So I just wanted to finish that off for you and encourage someone. And I hope you have a great day. I hope that you are blessed in the name of Jesus. I hope Christ is with you always never leaves your side. Pick up your own cross and walk with it. I listen, I have my problem, not perfect myself, but I'm going to pick up my own cross and walk. And the devil, yes, he gets busy. He tries to, he tries to come in like a flood when you get into the word and he tries to distract you just as he just did today and try to 
throw me off by making me stop this podcast so many times and and giving me the hiccups and 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 and, and making it kind of make a disruptive little moment there but I apologize and I commanded him to flee he's gone you see I'm perfect now no more hiccups I didn't drink a a drop of water or anything God just took them away so I just want to be so thankful for the for the blessings and everything God is doing in this time and how he's taking care of his children in order to speak the word and love his children and get this word out because he has already Jesus has already overcome the world He's already overcome it. He's won this battle. He just won this battle right before my eyes here. And I'm so grateful and thankful. Okay. Be blessed. Be the salt and light of the earth. And remember, season well. I love you guys. Have a good day.